When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete.me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web, and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete.me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. and <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide DeleteMe with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have DeleteMe. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. DeleteMe is not just a one-time service. DeleteMe is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash E-T-M. Go to joindeleteme.com slash E-T-M and use code E-T-M for 20% off. What would it look like if you could revolutionize your finances by just making some small daily money habits a priority? I mean, how would it make you feel if you were able to tackle that debt or save for that big goal you've got in mind? But instead of just feeling overwhelmed and tired and stressed, you actually felt empowered because you knew each day you were making tiny steps that were leading to a big change. How would that make you feel? I'm Shauna Compton Game. This is Millennial Money. And today we're talking the power of small daily money habits with Clarity Money and Ask Shauna Question. Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Game. It will expand your brain. 
before we dive into the awesome content that is on this podcast episode, we're tackling another Ask Shauna question. And this one comes from Rose. And Rose says, hey, Shauna, I went through a life change in June and was laid off. It ended up being a good thing the environment was toxic. I was lucky enough to receive a six-month contract with a great company and start work a month later. In that month, I had a lot of self-reflection on where my life should go. I'm 30 and I never finished school, so I decided to go back to school for nursing, which will be about three years of school. My question come January when my contract expires, I'm considering working two part-time jobs so I can focus more time on school. While not working full-time, I won't make as much money and be responsible for the full cost of health insurance. With my extra cash, do you think it's more valuable to pay down my current student loans, about $30,000, or invest in my 401k? Given the fact that when I graduate, I'll be closer to mid-30s, I'm not sure what the smartest move is. That's a great question, Rose, and I'm imagining that so many people have somewhat of this same question. I know I get a lot of questions with kind of a variance of this where you're trying to figure out, should I pay off debt? Should I save money? What's that balance point there? How should I look at it? And I think that's what's so frustrating, if I'm going to be really honest, because there actually isn't a right answer. And I know I say that a lot in response to your questions, and I'm sure you're like, okay, (laughs) she's really getting me frustrated. But I swear to you that when you're you know, doing a financial plan for somebody or giving somebody advice, that's pretty much the advice. You know, it's like, well, you've got kind of three or four different options and you kind of just have to figure out what works best for you. I think this is really where it would make total sense to create a pro and con list of your goals and the lifestyle you want to live. So Rose, you made this amazing decision that you want to go back to school no matter what it costs or no matter what your age was or how long it would take you or what direction. It was just, this was an absolute priority priority to you. And I think that's really cool because you already said, hey, I want to change things. I want to change direction. And you proactively went about it regardless of any of those pros and cons. So I think that's amazing first step. And paying down debt is great. I am never going to tell you that paying off debt is a bad thing. I know we talk about it a lot on this podcast, and I have some pretty strong opinions about paying off debt, especially paying off expensive debt versus other money priorities that you might have. But just because that's my strong viewpoint does not mean it has to be your strong viewpoint. I'm just sharing you know, what I've what I've learned and what I've experienced in life and what I've seen through other people's situations. But I think you you also need to pay attention at all times to growing your finances. And that's really where I see this maybe a little bit of a disconnect lately is that we're so focused on paying off the debt, which is such a big priority, but we're losing sight of the goal, which is also to grow you in an upward trajectory, even if it's a small upward trajectory, it's at least going upwards. And upwards is good. That That's what we should do. We should want to go upwards. So I'm a big fan of coming up with some sort of split that you're comfortable with. And this is going to be completely person dependent. 
whether it's half of the money is going to go to my student loans, half the money is going to go to my 401k, or some sort of split. It doesn't have to be 50-50. It could be 70-30 or 80-20 or 60-40. It could be any split that you are comfortable with. But the idea is that you're going in two directions at one time. You're not only paying off your debt, but you're also building some sort of growth that's positive for your situation in an upwards movement. So at the end, when you get when you get finished paying off your debt, you've also got something on the other side that's growing for however many years that takes in an upward trajectory. And also a couple things to think about. I mean, the 401k will reduce your taxable income, whatever you put in the 401k. So that's good, right? Less taxes, good, positive. We got two thumbs up. And if you're getting some sort of 401k match, you should be contributing up to that amount. Otherwise, Honestly, you're just wasting the benefit. I really don't know. There's really no soft way for me to put that. If you're getting a 401k match and you're not utilizing the match, you're really throwing away free money. And I think you should always contribute up to that match. Beyond that, it's up to you. But up to that amount, it's so powerful for you. It is like doubling your contribution almost. And and that's a really big deal when you're trying to get upward movement, especially if you're not you know, contributing a lot of money, it's it's helping you grow faster and faster. And, and that's always good. But I understand wanting to get rid of debt. And so a couple of things I think you should think about is what is the interest rate on my student loans? Is it a high interest rate? Is it a low? I tend to think about anything under seven, six percent is a fairly low interest rate. Anything above that, pretty high interest rate. Are your student loans variable or are they fixed? So is the payment changing every month? If it is, then that might be something to pay attention to. If it's fixed, maybe you might consider a 50-50 split with paying off your debt and then putting money in your 401k. Again, these are just complete suggestions. So it can really help you determine a roadmap when you start to ask yourself some of these questions. But at the end of the day, if you're looking at your student loan balance, I think I said this on a Ask Shauna question a couple of weeks ago, if you're looking at your student loan balance and it's making you sick, it's making you paranoid, it's making you depressed, you have anxiety, whatever negative emotion that may be, and I'm talking like a serious negative emotion, then that's something to pay attention to. But not just because you owe a lot of money. But I think also understanding the root of that, what is at the bottom of, I hope this is making sense, but you know, what is that foundation layer of owing that much debt that is making you paranoid? Because obviously all of us who have student loans, we made the choice to go back to school. We made the choice to take out loans. And so, you know, we understand the consequence. We've got to pay back those loans. And I know because I was guilty of this myself when I got my MBA that, I wasn't necessarily adding up the amount in my head. I had a pretty good idea of how much it was going to be. And, you know, when I graduated and I looked at that total amount, there was a little bit of a freak out moment. So I'm right there with you. Uh, I I owed a lot more than $30,000. We'll just say that. But um, I, I think that you have to come to a place where you can have some sort of peace around, okay, I made that decision. I know I owe a lot of money. If my interest rate is relatively low, maybe I'm a little bit more aggressive paying off my student loans, 
with the understanding that I'm also growing my money in a positive direction in some other place. So at the end of the day, you feel like you have some sort of balance and that you're not just totally focused on the student loan at at the cost of living the life you want to live. I hope this is making sense. I hope this is resonating with you. But those are just my, my two thoughts. But any way that you choose to go on this rose, at the bottom line, you're not going to have a bad choice. Either one, you're going to be doing something positive for yourself financially, and there's just nothing wrong with that. So hopefully that helped you out. I am super jazzed about today's episode. Why? Because we face a new type of reality when it comes to managing our finances, either from mounting student loan debt, which we were just talking about, or keeping track of all those subscription services that we all have to have, like Netflix and Spotify and Hulu, or just trying to pay rent and groceries. It's really overwhelming to figure out where do we start That's really the thematic element of this whole podcast episode is where do we start? How do you figure out what's best, what you should do? One of my very favorite money management budgeting apps is Clarity Money. I've talked about it on this podcast many, many times. I use it and I really wanted to talk about why I love it. So I went straight to Colin Kennedy, who's the chief operating officer and revenue officer of Clarity Money, and I wanted to get his feedback, not only of Clarity Money and how to use this app better, but really the behind the scenes of why is it important to use an app like Clarity Money to really establish these daily money habits? How does that radically change your finances? And Clarity Money was designed really to help customers align their finances with their aspirations. That's all this podcast is about. That is my end goal. If I can help you do that, I feel like job well done. From identifying like spending patterns, in-app investing, credit score capabilities, you can have a grasp on your finances and really start achieving goals. I found if I use an app consistently, It can really help me focus on these daily money habits that I know I need to do. They're so key. Like I cannot stress it enough because you can't pay your student loans off all at once. You can't save a million dollars overnight in a 401k, but a penny here, a dollar here, a little bit here, a little bit there, it's all going to make such a big difference. And if I can tell you one thing, what has changed my money situation over the last seven years has been this shift, this shift that I'm talking about in thinking where I focus on small daily money habits that are easy to accomplish and that make me feel so incredibly empowered because even I get bogged down and frustrated and lost and not sure of what decision to make all the time. So on this episode, you're going to learn more about the emotional connection with your money and how you can feel empowered by taking these small steps with your money each and every day, and how you can excel financially by using a money app like Clarity Money or whatever one you prefer. The idea is just to find something to help you focus on those daily money habits that are going to revolutionize your finances. I just got to ask, have you jumped on the bandwagon yet of audiobooks? Seriously, I am a huge fan of audiobooks because I can listen to them no matter where I'm at. Plus, I think just listening to a book is a great way to binge content you love while you're also doing other things that you love. And there's something about listening to a book. It just 
it brings the story to life. This weekend, I listened to one of my favorite new books, Born a Crime, from The Daily Show's Trevor Noah. Have you listened to this yet? It is so good. With Audible, you can listen to more books by switching seamlessly between devices and then just picking up where you left off. So I don't even have to remember any page numbers, which is so amazing. And Audible members get a credit every month good for any audiobook in their store, regardless of price. And unused credits, they just roll over to the next month. I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to check out Audible yourself and join me on a one book a month quest. This has been my entire motivation for 2018 and you still got time to jump in with me. Audible is offering Millennial Money listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audible.com slash mymoney and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. You can download a title for free and start listening right now. Go to audible.com slash mymoney, or you can text mymoney to 500-500 to get started today. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited, and it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince, and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout-friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash etm. Okay, listen, like many of you out there, I love Notion, our sponsor today. And I honestly use it every day for my notes and journaling. I also track our family expenses and I manage all of our household to-dos. Notion has been such a lifesaver in helping me get a lot more organized because that's not one of my strengths without stressing me out. Notion is a place where any team can write, plan, organize, and rediscover the joy of play. It's a workspace designed not just for making progress, but getting inspired. Notion is the AI-powered workspace that can summarize things like meeting notes and automatically generate action items and help you get answers to questions in seconds. It will honestly blow your mind. Notion is for everyone, whether you're a Fortune 500 company, you're a freelancer, you're starting a startup, or you're a student juggling classes and clubs, or you're somebody like myself that just really wants to get organized. Try Notion for free when you go to Notion.com slash ETM. That's all lowercase letters, Notion.com slash ETM, and start turning ideas into action. 
And when you use our link, you are supporting our show. Notion.com slash ETM. In those moments when money is just not moving as fast as your dreams, Earnit provides the financial momentum you need to keep moving forward. Earnit is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnit app and verify your paycheck. Then you access up to $100 a day as you work and you can leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I honestly would use Earnin in lots of different ways, but what's on my mind recently is I need a night out. I need some good tacos to sip on a few virgin margaritas and celebrate you all helping this podcast earn 26 million downloads. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. Gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin' Money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talkin' Money under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because, let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals, so you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash ETM. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash ETM. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash ETM for your extended 30-day free trial. So Colin, it is so great to have you join us today on the podcast. You know, Clarity Money is really one of my favorite budgeting, saving money apps. I talk about it often on the podcast, so I'm, I'm definitely excited to have you join us today. Thank you so much. Appreciate the kind words and very excited to be here. Yeah, so I did have a little peek. I was doing a little research on you. I had a little peek at your bio online. And I have to ask you before we kind of dive into all the budgeting, saving stuff, you know, I always wanted to try... Krav Maga. I read that uh, 
that that you're you're a fan. And I have to tell you, uh, when I saw that you know, you're still trying to recover from all the bruises. That definitely confirms my fears that I would look like I got in a bar fight if I tried it. How long How long have you been practicing? Yeah, so I, I did it for about 18 months. Uh, it's a great learning experience, and I, uh, I highly suggest give it a try. You will uh, far really well, and I think you'll have a, a great experience. I think it's the type of thing where if anybody has any inclination to give it a go, it's, uh, it's great to check it out. Just find a, a good place, find a good instructor, and it's a nice kind of team environment. Is it like a, like a mental kind of exercise, you know, um, like Tai Chi or something like that, or is it just, it's just pure on more physical? What, what I loved about it is I think it really depends upon the instructor and the, and the people you're working with. I mean, when you're in a class, so much of it is dependent upon the people you're partnering with and whom you're working with. And you you sure. can really feed off of them. And when you find a, a good set of partners, it's just that, that wonderful um, experience where they're pushing you, you're pushing them. It's a very, you know, clearly with the right set up, a pretty uh, supportive environment for just learning more and more. And it's it's really cool to see what people have been doing it for decades have been able to uh, to experience. I love it. Uh, and also in your bio, of course, I read that you're, you know, extremely accomplished. And I'd love to just start out, you know, how did you find your way to Clarity Money? Have you always been in the finance field? What do you love about it? Kind of all that good stuff. Yeah, no, happily. So spent uh, about 11 years at American Express, had a great experience there. And then really toward the end of my time there, got connected through some some different connections with Clarity Money when Clarity was at its Series A. This was February, January of last year. Uh, still very early in the growth, but extremely easy to see all of these great fundamentals in place. And the, the probably top of the list was really just talking to a team that had put together an incredibly compelling value proposition for truly showing consumers that there was going to be a level of trust, a level of real advocacy for them in terms of giving them technology that could give better visibility into their finances, some insights they could action. And just to see even, I mean, now we're over a million users, but at the time it was probably around 30,000. But to see the, 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 the positive feedback from the consumers, to see people embracing using the technology, it was just, it was incredibly cool to see. And, and that type of user understanding, consumer response is extremely, uh, is extremely rare. And when you see it, you really, you really feel it. Yeah. So you talked a little bit about a couple of things I think that were important. One is trust. You know, I get a, that question a lot from listeners, you know, who are wanting to use all these apps to help their money, to help their monthly money system. But, you know, there's still a little bit of fear of putting all your information in and, you know, you've got your bank accounts in there, you've got your credit card information in there. How have these apps been able to develop a level of trust that, you know, consumer can really feel like, you know, it's the same level of trust as, you know, their bank account would have? Yeah, great, great question. So I think that there's two, at least two fundamental things that, that we've seen and, and heard from consumers. The first is just given the, the, the prevalence of applications in this space, and given the fact that we are, we are fundamentally a digital application communicating with consumers in a digital environment, we are fully exposed for all of our strengths, any weaknesses, anything is, is fully out there. So if, a, if we're ever saying one thing in a forum like this or in any forum and a user goes into the application, interacts and doesn't see and feel that clearly, we very rightfully will get called out very publicly across, across various social channels. So there's a real sense of um, 
real need on, on the part of anybody in the ecosystem and certainly a need that we're acutely aware of to always deliver against anything that matters to consumers and anything that we promise. I think the second major dynamic is given our, our appreciation for that, understanding of that, certainly the awareness of the importance of, of security overall at the top of or toward the top of consumers' lists, the team, when the system was architected and, and put together, spent a lot of time at a, um, what I'll call at the platform level, ensuring that everything was built around industry-leading security standards. I think that's part of also uh, what's really been exciting for us in coming over to Marcus by Goldman Sachs is clearly they, they put us through the, the ringer as they should before the acquisition <laughs> to really make sure that we were able to, to support all of the, 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 the various promises we were making. And that was just a great experience to see how critically they certainly view security and privacy and to be able to have not just an open discussion around it, but to show them uh, really how we had architected from day one with that in mind. And we're continuing, you know, clearly to ensure we're doing better and better and really trying to listen to any feedback from consumers. Yeah. And the other thing you mentioned was the difference with Clarity Money. You know, there's a lot of listeners who write in questions about, you know, the best budgeting apps, the best saving apps. What do I like? Why do I like them? You know, a lot of listeners will maybe try an app like this for a month or two and then, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of fall off. Uh, you know, I, I guess walk us through a little bit. What is that difference that you saw in Clarity Money? And what is that that's resonating with the users that are coming on board where they really feel like this app is part of their daily even money system that they use? Yeah, great, great question. So I think there's there's at least two components to it. And the first is, and I'll, I'll step back and say all of this is really much more about the emotional connection. How do we all feel when we're interacting versus anything fundamentally quantitative? And it can be a little bit sure. counterintuitive to talk in those terms when you're talking about finances, but really, um, to the core of your question, what resonated with me, what got my attention, and what I would hear and see from consumers is we know that anytime anybody, us included, is looking, is engaging with their finances or engaging with a third party looking to talk about their finances, you're generally fundamentally a little bit apprehensive. You're not looking to dive in. It's not always an exciting topic. And you're going to fear that this other party, this other entity is trying to sell you something. And it's very natural to feel that way because we've been conditioned for decades to to feel that way through thousands of interactions. What we've really tried to do is acknowledge that reality and from the start, give consumers some real sense, real proof points as to how the experience with us will be different. So as an example, when you log into the app, the first thing you'll see at the top of, the, of, of your view, like the first 30% of the real estate, is simply the weather, some nice colors, an overview of your finances, and an inspirational quote. Now, we're spending the time, the real estate, to give you that, that, that more, um, what can be seen as less core information, such as the weather and an inspirational quote and your name, simply to help you take, take a breath and relax and kind of ease into the process. It's very easy for us to do, and what we hear from consumers is, listen, I don't want to be hit from the, from the start or really at any point with these red flags, information that's hard to understand, advertisements, a sense of guilt, anything like that. There's enough people who, who do that. So we try to do the opposite, one, in terms of how we first engage with users, but then secondly, in the experience. So one of the first things we'll show a, a, a user is a set of recurring subscriptions that she or he has that they can cancel within the application if they want to. 
Now, when you cancel the, the, the $12 a month you're spending with Provider X, it's, it's certainly an immediate monetary benefit. For some people, it's not the, the $12 per month may not be the, the most significant. But what's happening is the equivalent of going to the gym for one of the first times, doing a brief workout and feeling a little bit better. You've taken an action. It hasn't cost you anything, um, and you're feeling this this benefit afterwards. So it's a sense of control, and it's also a sense of, hey, I went there. I tried this out. All they did was save me some money. It was an easy experience, and I'm not getting hit, hit with 15 different offers for things to do. And then the question becomes, to what extent do we live by that through the rest of the interactions? And that means really – Users cannot feel that they're being bombarded with a sense of, of ad, a, a set of advertisements. There cannot be anything but showing information in a form where you or I are going to be more likely to receive it, which means when you've spent more than maybe you'd like to, the tone of our messaging is effectively that. Like, hey, do you want to take a look here? It seems like you may be a little bit over. It's not the uh, stereotypical preachy friend who's saying, my God, you're never going to hit your goals. You, you, you drastically overspent last week. There's a chance to do better. There's a way to do better. And we want to talk to you in a way where, where to your point, you want to keep on engaging on that, on that regular cadence that's most helpful for you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's something that I love about Clarity Money and what I've really seen as a difference between the different budgeting apps is, you know, I like that kind of snapshot feel to it. And definitely the vocabulary, it, you know, for me, obviously, I'm conditioned, you know, with more of the hard vocabulary. But even as a consumer myself, you know, (laughs) I don't like to open an app and, you know, see giant red marks everywhere. And, you know, then you suddenly feel like you're a failure, you know, Um, I think I think we all have that that kind of innate sense in us. So, you know, I think vocabulary. I mean, that's something I talk about on this podcast all the time about changing words for things. If you hate the word budget, change the word to something you like, you know, make it approachable. And I think another thing I like, you know, Clarity Money, you help users focus on uh, these minor daily financial habits, as you call it, and not, you know, kind of these overwhelming goals that we talk Mm -hmm. about often, like retirement. I mean, to somebody who's listening, who's even in their early thirties, that feels so far away and and hitting them with, you know, oh, you got a $5 million saved in your portfolio is just way too much. Or you have to pay off all your student debt in a, in a year is just, you know, really overwhelming. Can you give me a feel for, you know, some of these kind of minor daily habits that everyone can work on using Clarity Money? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the core of the question is really, really important. And that is, if people don't have a sense of, hey, this is something that I can action, this is something where I can feel the benefits in uh, in the near term and in some real way, it's just as, as all the studies show and as all of us can kind of commonsensically relate to, it's, it's really hard to stay on track and to really accomplish anything. So we're very much trying to trying to encourage, uh, encourage folks in ways that they feel empowered. So specifically, aside from the canceling the the subscriptions within the application itself. One area that got a lot of usage and really good feedback was the savings feature. And the savings feature is is very simple. It's within the application. You can very quickly and easily start saving toward a particular goal, but you can do so uh, at a cadence that's comfortable for you, which is weekly, monthly, and whatever dollar amount you want to start saving directly from, from your account. And where do those savings go to? Are they are they in a Marcus account or? Yeah, good question. So right now and, and through launch, they've gone into um, a separate savings uh, savings account that is not Marcus uh, at this time. 
But really what we've seen from that engagement, from the user feedback, is it was very much about, hey, I'm out there trying to manage all these aspects of my life. If I have to go to a, a, a physical branch or if I have to log into a separate area and go through a, any type of lengthy process, I'm just not as likely to do it. Even if I want to go ahead and do it. But if within this one app where you're still showing me financial information and an overview and some insights, I can do a few clicks, spend a minute and start to almost test the waters by saving at a regular rate but saving whatever dollar amount I want, whether it's $10, $50, $75, users start to see right away the money not just adding up, but it's a sense of, okay, I have control. I can change this at any time. I can see the balance, and I can see my progress toward these specific goals in a way where I'm really seeing in the near term the real benefits of the actions I'm taking. And that's, that's been incredibly, uh, incredibly powerful. Yeah, I, I believe so. Uh, talk a little bit, if you will, about some of the techniques that Clarity Money uses to help you budget your money better. Yeah. So so for us, there, there's a couple of things that have really um, come again out of feedback we get from consumers. The first is, is being able to have a pretty robust ability to categorize spend in different areas. So we'll, we'll certainly do categorization in a way that uh, that is automated and takes a lot of work away from the user. But we also let, let consumers go in and do what a lot of us would want to do, and that's recategorize some, some things. Not everybody is going to think of uh, each transaction they make as relating to the exact same categories. So we're giving users and consumers some flexibility to go in and make changes and say, actually, I don't, I don't think of this as uh, dining out. I think of this as I'm picking up food and I'm going to cook at home or whatever the specific use case may be. So one, it's, it's that sense of that sense of control. Two, users really continue to come back and like the ability to see their spend and income tracked in one place without this pervasive sense of shame and guilt. So we will show how you're tracking, we'll show when you go over, we'll show when you go under, but when you have gone over and made a mistake, it again gets back to specifically showing the information, but not to doing so in a way where you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm the worst person because I had three uh, of, of these uh, quote luxury items last week that I didn't want to have, and now, now I'm behind my, my goal. It's much more giving a sense for, here's what's, what's happened. You can look at the details, but let's now, uh, with you guiding or leading the way, look at uh, the rest of what you can do in the coming months to really get, get on track in the way that you want. That's fantastic. I love that. And, you know, and a word you've mentioned a lot as we've been talking is the word empowered, which I feel is really an important word. And it may seem super obvious that you would want to feel empowered by by your money, by whatever's in your bank account. But, you know, why does it matter in, in your opinion? Why does it matter if you're empowered by your money? Yeah, I think it's a really important question, one we spend a lot of time thinking about and trying to talk to talk to consumers about. The first thing that, that we hear from consumers and that we can certainly relate to ourselves is getting around the issue of trust. And what I mean specifically by that is especially when you're starting to interact with a third with a third party, as much as you may look at the wonderful ratings in, in, in the App Store, wonderful ratings in the Google Play Store, all of which we're really proud of, and you may hear good press out there, it comes down to what's your specific experience. So if you go in there and you feel as if you do not have the ability to make changes when you want to make changes, and you don't see benefits when you're putting in the time, 
if you're going to take the time out of your busy life and you're going to want to save toward a particular goal or you're going to want to track your spend in a particular area, whether it's pick any one of the the four or five areas where, where, where people uh, sometimes feel they've overspent and they want to reduce their spend month over month or week over week. When you do that and you don't immediately see some of the benefits, it's really disheartening. And it, no matter who you are, it's very um, disorienting and really pushes you away from working more if you're not seeing the if you're not seeing the results. So I think the sense of empowerment in finance is very much uh, similar to the to the sense of when you're uh, managing your your personal health or fitness. If you're doing something, if you're taking that you're skipping happy hour that day and you're going to the gym or you're, you're not working the extra shift and you're, you're trying to squeeze in a, a workout or eat a little bit better. If you're putting in that effort and you don't feel as if what you're doing is really driving toward a result that you want, it's, it's very demotivating. Conversely, when you see that little benefit, when you see the savings grow, when you see yourself on track with spending, when you're doing that in an application, you start to, to really uh, feel motivated. And at the same time, you're also willing to increasingly trust whatever party you're interacting with. So we really try to pride ourselves on a lot of folks want a lot of this information quite understandably presented, leveraging the latest technology in a way where they don't have to put in a lot of time and effort. And we really see most people coming to us and saying, listen, I have a, a sense of trust for these various reasons, for how you treat me, what I see from others. And I really don't want to be putting in a lot of uh, a lot of effort. I want you to be sharing all the information here. But I also want a sense of, hey, I'm not at the mercy of, of, of any third party. If I want to change my budget, change my savings, change part of the, the feed, the, 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 the presentation layer or what I'm seeing in the app, I can do that. So I think those are some of the things that we uh, that we hear from users in terms of what they're really looking for. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, I think when you can see these little steps making a difference in your finances, even if it's just a tiny change, you know, there is that sense of feeling like I can do this and maybe that guilt and shame and fear, you know, start to melt away. So, I, I mean, I think it's amazing now that apps are able to do a lot of this for you. I mean, you really can be in, in part, I mean, maybe not the you know, complex financial planning, but you can do a lot of the aspects of financial planning that a traditional planner would do if you utilize these apps, you know, to your advantage. I'd love to just get your thoughts. What do you think the future of, you know, fintech and apps going forward, what is that going to look like? Are we going to, you know, continually innovate or you think there's going to be a lot of people that move out of that space? Yeah, so I, I think there are, there's a couple things that we're starting to see and that we're going to see across the, the next couple of years. And I think they're really going to tie to the, the themes that, that we've been talking about. And the first is consumers, all of us are going to want to want to both be able to, to leverage the latest technology out there, but also have that sense of, of control and empowerment within our digital experience. So that that's one area that I think is only going to continue. Number two, we've been incredibly uh, pleased and excited about the extent the extent to which users are willing to able to do so much of what they want within an application when you really architect and design it the right way so i think what what you'll increasingly see is an ability to 
do things that have normally taken, whether a manual offline process or a set of phone calls, you're going to see that user experience truly optimized within the application. And I think that theme around the criticality of design, of usability, and users, all of us being quite rightfully increasingly demanding and not expecting to have to, have to take an extra step or to make a call unless we really want to, I think that will continue. I think the, the, the third piece is part of what we've um, heard from users and part of what we've been built around is really the sense of a true, truly consumer and what I'll call partner-friendly ecosystem in the sense that users want to be able to see offerings and have a chance to interact with different financial offerings that will depend upon or change based on the stage of life that they're in. So when you have, clearly when you're in your 20s, your needs may be different than when in your 30s and the needs for uh, somebody, for each person in their 20s is clearly going to vary by what's happening in that individual's life. So I think the expectation really reasonably from users and all of us is going to be that these financial applications, these financial tools recognize those life events, recognize from all of our interaction with them who we are, what we're looking for, and change what we're offering, what our experience is, what they're offering us based on how we evolve and grow. And that kind of, to me and to, and to us from what we've heard and seen from consumers, that evolution of what the, how the app feels, what it offers you, the specific insights and recommendations, that evolution correlated with where you are in your life is really one of the most um, user-friendly ways in which artificial intelligence, behavioral economics, all this buzzword stuff that we in the industry talk about really will add, add benefits to consumers. Yeah, I think it's so super exciting. It's such a fascinating and interesting time, I think. Well, Colin, this has been great. I appreciate all of your insights into Clarity Money. Even I learned a few things more about it that I didn't know. Uh, tell listeners where they can go to check out Clarity Money. A pleasure talking. I really appreciate you making the time. So Clarity Money, you can just go to claritymoney.com. Uh, great. Or you can find us within the Google Play Store or the App Store. Really, uh, the best way, aside from from uh, from listening to, to programs like this, go in one of those places, download the application, check it out. It takes a minute to get up up and running, and you can decide for yourself pretty quickly whether or not Clarity Money, uh, whether you pick it up on the App Store or ClarityMoney.com or the Google Play Store, is an application that's really going to add a lot of value to you, as it has uh, at this point for over a million users. I can't do this podcast without you, so it would mean so much to me if you went over to iTunes or the link in show notes and you rated and reviewed Millennial Money Podcast. It helps us grow, it helps build the community, and it helps thank everybody who puts so much time and effort into the podcast every single week. As always, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Shauna Game, and I look forward to having you back on Friday for a brand new episode. 